0: I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Well, hello. I never really know how to start, but hi. I am recording on the microphone that's not the best microphone, but there is more construction going on in my neighborhood. They're basically digging up every street in my neighborhood because the Dutch are proactive. So they're digging up every street to replace water and sewer lines. Nobody asked them to, nothing broke. (laughs) They're just doing it. And then when they replace the streets, which is not tar, they are bricks that are literally laid one by one by hand with sand in between. So there's no glue or toxic fumes. And they also decided to proactively lay fiber cable. So watch out people in the coming weeks, I'm going to be on fire with my fiber connection. I might get more work done. I might not. I might just watch more movies faster. <laughs> so anyway, there's construction going on. So I'm, I had to relocate myself to the downstairs and it might be slightly echoey. So I'm sorry to my podcast engineer, Ennio. I'm sorry if it is not a great <laughs> recording. I hope all of you um, are okay with this recording had to get it out what i've been thinking about a lot is preparing for next year we're at the end of 2023 right now of course whenever you listen to this podcast it's the right time for you to be listening but we're sort of ending what we think of in the western world as kind of the year cycle right we're moving into december we're through the the you know american holiday of thanksgiving and moving into the holiday season, which is also a time to reflect and to think about what you want for next year. So at this time of year, I usually help people start planning and preparing and thinking about what they want in their business and setting goals and things like that. But what I want to walk you through today are habits, getting rid of habits that are not serving you, and adopting habits that are going to bolster you in preparation for the future and the things that you want. And per usual, I talk about books and movies and TV shows and I'm not sponsored by any of these people, but one of my clients recommended a book which I love when that happens because you know, we're all in a co-creation. Um, so the book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I have to say when I read this book, and I'm not saying this in any egotistical way, but it's really, a lot of the concepts are really similar to the book that I have written, which is not published yet, but it will be soon more on that. But I love this book. And it's one of those books that I kind of tore through it which sometimes with nonfiction, it takes me a while to kind of parse through the ideas, but I tore through this book and I'm ready to read it again. Like that's how amazing it was. And what I really love about the way that he writes James Clear, also something similar that I did in my book, which I think is helpful is when you read these books that are a little bit like a manual or exercises, he breaks down a summary at the end of each chapter of like what the points were that he covered in that chapter and presents kind of thought starters and and things to think about. And he also gives a lot of links to examples of the way that he's kind of put things together, but that makes it sound way more complicated (laughs) than it is. What I want to talk about today and and what is a little bit based on Mr. Clear's ideas are how to create good habits and how to leave the habits that are not serving you behind. So beyond this book, some of the places where I have learned behavior modification are in my parents' former business. So my parents used to run a company... If you're around in America in the 80s, you probably saw their commercials like on late night TV, Direct Response. They ran a company called Sig Arrest. Cigarrest. It's exactly what it sounds like, you're arresting your cigarettes. <laughs> so, real cool in the 80s. Um, but basically what they did was help people stop smoking. And they did it with a combination of a very future forward thinking way to remedy people's addiction to cigarettes which which was through a homeopathic formula so it kind of was derived well it was derived from the nicotine plant but it was a homeopathic version so it wasn't getting nicotine like from the nicotine patches it was a homeopathic remedy to help you get through your addiction and off your addiction so with nicotine patches you're just getting nicotine through a new source and you're still addicted to it. <laughs> Some people chew nicotine gum like nobody's business and you can see the addiction to it. Theirs was homeopathic. So you basically would take this formula, this um supplement through I don't know, maybe it was like three to six months, maybe a year, depending on how severe your addiction was. And through behavior modification, they would basically help you completely get off. Cigarettes. And in the 80s, it was a big deal, right? You were still allowed to smoke at work. So, and on airplanes. So, to get people focused on the health benefits of stopping smoking was a big deal. And the behavior modification part was really fascinating to me. So, I would hear my mom on the phone with customers talking them through how to change their habit, how to change. Their habits in the morning to remove cigarettes from their morning habit. So one of the things she did, and James Clear talks about this a little bit too, was she would talk them through their routine. So a lot of people would wake up in the morning, they'd make coffee, they'd put it in a certain cup, they'd go to a certain place in their house, maybe, you know, towards the late 80s, maybe they'd actually smoke outside. So they'd take that cup to a place and that is where they would smoke their cigarette. So what my mom did was, well, not just my mom, but the, I, I remember being fascinated by watching her talk people through this um, this sort of pattern. She would say, listen, you know, what time of the day are you having your coffee? Okay, let's change that a little bit. What cup are you putting your coffee in? Okay, let's let's get you a special cup. This is, we're going to get you a new cup that puts the emphasis on the ritual of the coffee and takes the emphasis off the ritual of the cigarette. So, you know, some people might say, well, now you're just putting them into coffee. Coffee is healthier if you drink it in modification, in in moderation. So so there would be a new cup. There would be a new location for drinking the coffee. So we're going to break that pattern of wherever you go that triggers this idea that you need to have a cigarette, and we're going to change your environment and put you somewhere new. So there were all these steps to getting your brain to think about this as a new ritual and a new routine instead of getting stuck in the habit of what was the routine that was not serving you. So I want to talk about that behavior modification in regards to other habits that might not be serving you. So for instance, you know, one of the things that's really sucking people in lately and becoming a major time waster is social media. So, how can you change your routine so that social media doesn't become a problem, right? It's not that overall it's a problem, but if it's sucking you in and wasting your time, it's not serving you. So, when are you using it? Where is it popping up? And how long are you on it? So, there are lots of ways that you can kind of modify that behavior. Your phone is a great resource. So, you can dial back the amount of time you're allowed to be on social media apps. So we do that for our kids. We set limits on each app depending on how we feel we're, they're using them and how we feel it might be getting in the way or not getting in the way. So in your phone's you know, system preferences, you can dial back the amount of time. You can set it to 15 minutes. You can set it to a half an hour, whatever works for you. So you want to start modifying your behavior around the way that you're using things, right? So if you're drinking and you're drinking a glass of wine at the same time every day in the same location in your house, how can we start to modify that? What can we put in place of that ritual? What ritual can we make more fun, more interesting than that one? That's a big part of this too. So, if you're stopping smoking, that ritual is very pleasurable. It's a dopamine hit, right? Most of these things that we create in our lives that are not the best habits are giving us something that we need. And a lot of times that's dopamine. So, how do we start to give ourselves dopamine hits not related to these things that are not serving us? Notice that I'm not saying bad, right? They're not necessarily bad habits, some of them might be. I don't necessarily want to judge them as good or bad. It's just those are not the habits that are going to help propel you into the future that you want, right? So how can we create a ritual around new habits that's just as gratifying, that's just as satisfying? It will be impossible. If you roll into the new year and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day for two hours from this time to that time, you're setting kind of an impossible goal for yourself you need to make it easy. You need to make it somewhat effortless. You need to make it fun, gratifying, and a dopamine hit. We all know that exercise creates endorphins and that we feel that hit after the fact. But what's really hard for us to do is motivate ourselves to get to the first part of the activity. So how can you make it effortless? One of the things that James Clear talks about also is Make it obvious to yourself, right? So don't hide the things. If you want to do yoga every day, put the yoga mat in a place where you can't miss it, that you're looking at it every day, That it's a reminder, right? And make it fun. So don't make it feel like a chore. Put it into a part of your day that feels really easy. Maybe it's lunchtime instead of the morning. Maybe it's before bed instead of during your workday. But what we want to do is we want to create these habits, these habits that feel good, these habits that are positive, these habits that get you propelled to the next version of yourself. We want to get them incorporated every day. We want to stop doing it like haphazardly and we want to make it something consistent. So smoking is a consistent habit that people have and it's a daily habit because they're addicted to it. So can we get you, I hate the word addiction, but can we get you into a routine of doing something consistently every day, that if you miss a day, you miss it, that it's hard for you to get through the day without that thing, right? So can we get you to the point where exercise is a part of every day? Again, it doesn't have to be two hours. It shouldn't feel like a chore. What can be more fun? Are you a social person? Is it more fun for you to to do exercise or activities as part of a social engagement, right? A lot of people are playing pickleball in the U.S., right? I haven't seen it here. I know there's some version of it. I think it's called paddleball. But is that something more fun for you? Is that something you can do a few days a week? Would you rather join a dance class? Make it fun, It doesn't have to be a chore. Get that chore idea out of your head, right? When you're stopping smoking, it should feel pleasurable. You want to put something in place that's really pleasurable. So, I was never a smoker, but I do understand the idea of like bad habits kind of creeping in and being a part of your daily routine. So, one of the things I like to do, you know, thinking about these morning routines and rituals, which my mom sort of embedded. In me at a young age, when I'd hear her on these customer service phone calls, I spent a lot of time at my parents' office. So she wasn't doing those phone calls at home. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at their office. Um, you know, both because I was a latchkey kid and also because I was fascinated by the world of business and entrepreneurship. And obviously, <laughs> it rolled over. Um, but in my morning ritual, I have a lot of, I've talked about this before, but potions which i which i got from a friend of mine this idea of you know what things can you mix in your coffee what things can you add to your tea you know what things what supplements can you add i like to like drink and eat supplements rather than like taking pills i don't know for me it just feels like it's food right and so how are the ways that I can add these things into my day that feels fun? So like putting potions together in the morning feels fun to me. And it makes me excited about supplements, right? Like, and, and the thing is, when I consume them in this way, I feel a surge of energy. So the way that people would feel you know, caffeinated when I drink my mushroom tea in the morning, I feel really energized. So that's something that I've added to my day to sort of reduce a little bit my reliance on caffeine. I say a little bit. You've all heard me talk about my my uh, coffee consumption when I get into uh, weird moods. So this mushroom coffee has been sort of a pleasurable replacement for coffee. So I like the ritual of drinking coffee in the morning. I like making coffee. I also drink a lot of matcha tea because of the ritual of it. I like the preparation of making something in the morning. And I like drinking warm drinks. I live in a cold place. Winter is coming. I like to drink warm drinks. Drinking cold coffee or cold tea to me is like the worst. So I've incorporated into my morning routine this potion. Making process, which to me is fun. It's a little bit of a dopamine hit. I'm getting my supplements. I'm I'm altering some of the habits that I think are not great for me, like over caffeination is not great for me. It puts me in a really weird mood later in the day. And I don't think I actually get sustained energy. I get better energy from drinking matcha. I'm such a <laughs> like I'm so trendy. But I do. I mean, I, the the caffeine in coffee just spikes and drops. And I also have a little bit of like blood sugar um, dysregulation. I got it. I don't have any kind of diabetes, but I just have to be careful about my blood sugars because I can feel them spike and drop if I eat too much sugar or too many carbohydrates, like white flour and things. I feel it, and the same thing happens to me when I drink coffee, and I often drink it on an empty stomach. So it's also kind of going directly into my bloodstream. And I don't think it's great for me, but I like the ritual. And so I get stuck around that ritual, but all I've done is replace that ritual with a new ritual that's equally pleasurable. So to summarize, when you are trying to leave a habit behind, find ways to make it harder for you. So I.e setting restrictions on your phone, put the thing away, right? like get it out of your sight so that you're not pulled in. So find ways to remove it from your sight. So with smoking, right? you just you don't have those cigarettes around. you just don't see them. Your morning routine does not involve looking at the cigarettes and having to have the willpower to resist them right? So you don't want to have to rely on your willpower as you're changing habits. You want to lean into your dopamine hits, right? You want to replace these habits with things that are equally pleasurable, but have a longer term pleasurable effect, right? So it's sustained pleasure instead of something in the moment that afterwards you feel bad about. Right. So instead, we want to replace these habits with things that feel good, that in the long-term compound on one another. That feeling of good goes on and on and on. So if you are adding exercise to your routine, and I'm talking about exercise because I think it's something people do at the beginning of the year. And the statistic is that after... January 31st, 75% of people who start new routines and especially gym memberships drop off. So, I don't want you to be one of those 75%. I want you to replace habits that are not great for you in the long term with habits that are good for you in the long term and make it fun and make it pleasurable and make it last. So, if you start exercising, you may not feel the positive benefits immediately. You might, it depends on how hard you're going after it. If you go running and you run for two miles and you run straight, you're going to feel the endorphins afterwards. If you're taking it easy and you're walking or you're doing kind of a mild form of yoga, you're not going to feel that endorphin hit right away, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it means it's going to take a little bit more time of repetition to see the effects both on your body and your mind and you have to be patient through that right so the quick dopamine hit of smoking a cigarette or watching social media it's so immediate that we want that gratification right now and a lot of times it's a way for us to escape other feelings that we don't like so i think over the long term exercise is a great place to work out those feelings And to potentially, you know, I don't want to say be a buffer, but be a place to go when you do need to work things out. Because I think when you're thinking or worrying about something, exercise is a great way to get release from those emotions, right? Any emotions that are really trapped inside your body, you're going to release them through exercise. So it's a much healthier form of quote unquote buffering. Then things like social media. And again, it's a compound feeling of positivity, right? So the more you exercise, the more you feel good about yourself, the prouder you are, the more confident you are, you're compounding. The more time you spend on social media, the more insecure you're going to feel. You're going to feel maybe some jealousy or envy or FOMO, right? These feelings start to compound on one another You don't realize it until a couple months later. You're like, why am I feeling so down? Why am I feeling so depressed? Why am I feeling like I'm not good enough, right? So it compounds on itself. If you take these things in small doses, so social media in small doses, I wouldn't say cigarettes in small doses, but things like caffeine in small doses or even alcohol in small doses, you just have more awareness. You're in control you decide how much of it you consume. Sugar, for example, sugar and caffeine are my nemeses. And if I'm aware of how much I'm consuming, I just automatically consume less because I know how I feel, I'm aware of it. If I'm unconsciously consuming, then I don't notice the effects until later. Until I don't feel well, I'm noticing the effects. So bring awareness to all of your habits, especially now as we move into the you know the last part of the fourth quarter of the year, be aware of your habits, all of them. What are your daily routines? What are your work habits? What are your habits in terms of social media and phone use and technology? How much TV are you watching? What are all the things that make up your day and your week? in your month, bring awareness to it and then bring some intentionality around all of the ways that you consume things. And I think right now too, as we move into this Western Christmas holiday, you know, also Hanukkah gift giving sort of time of the year, it's also important to be intentional and aware of that part of consumption, right? Like let's bring some awareness to it. So that we're not just falling into a pattern. And it might be a social pattern of a way to show up during this time of year. Be intentional about everything that you're bringing forward, about all the habits, all of the, you know, just subconscious unintentional patterns that you might have. Bring awareness to it. And as you move into January diets and exercise routines and all of these things, start thinking about what's long-term, what's sustainable, what's a habit you want to add that's going to be pleasurable and fun and bring you joy and give you compounded good feelings over time. Even if it's not immediate gratification, what is going to be something that you can hold on to in the long term? Make it fun. Make it obvious. Put the thing out. Have your supplements out, right? Have your yoga mat out. Have your running shoes out. Put your gym clothes out in the morning. Like make it obvious so that if you're actively avoiding it, if you're like, I see my gym clothes there, but I'm actively avoiding it, it brings awareness, right? Then you're like, oh, I'm intentionally, actively avoiding this thing. And over time, the more you incorporate these good habits, The easier it's going to be. It's not going to feel like a just something that you have to do anymore. It's not going to feel like a chore. It's going to be a part of your new routine and your new lifestyle as you move towards the version of yourself that you believe is there waiting for you that feels up leveled and elevated and happier and just more aligned and balanced and all of the things we want, right? So I hope that's helpful as we move out into, not move out, (laughs) I guess we move out of one year and into another, but as we're kind of moving towards, you know, a new year, a new time to reflect, these are just some things that possibly could help you drive towards that new version of yourself that you are hoping you will reach by this time next year. I hope that's helpful. And you're going to hear a little bit of the promo at the end of the show, but I want you to consider working with me to set up your 2024 plan. So I like to do it through a series of guided visualizations and some writing practices. And it's really about building that intentionality that I'm talking about. So it's not applying some simple formula or thinking that the same formula is going to work for everyone what journey you're on is unique to you. And I really want to help you sort that out and find that best version of you. It doesn't look like other people's habits, right? It doesn't look like what everyone else is doing. It's really unique to you. So if you're interested in working with me on that, you can find more information in the show notes. All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. I'm going to leave it at that. Are you ready? To start planning for 2024, let me help you. Let's get intentional about planning for next year. Here's how it works sign up in the show notes. And once you sign up, I'm going to send you a questionnaire to dig out your big ideas for 2024. Based on your answers, I'm going to email you my intuitive hit about what could be coming to you in 2024. What potential do I see for you coming up? Then I'm gonna send you an audio file of a customized guided visualization specifically designed for you so that you can get grounded and you can start to see into what the future holds for you. And then we'll set up an hour and a half strategy session to work on the tactics to meet your 2024 goals. So I'm going to be running these strategy sessions through December 23rd. So hold your spot now. Time is not going to be available for long. So make sure that you hold your spot now. Sign up in the show notes. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting.